This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And pleasure to be joined right now by Scott Atkinson, who is co-head of the Global Sustainability Practice with executive search firm Hydric and Struggles. Scott, welcome. Great to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you for having me today, Dan. Thank you. You know, we talk about this in, in so many different avenues. Uh, I think we don't normally associate global sustainability with a search firm. I guess in this day and age with the expectations that companies and shareholders have, uh, it has become probably a growing area for your firm and others in your segment. Oh, without question. I mean, as we innovate, we need talent to help lead um, companies that are going to be driving um, commercially viable and scalable businesses, but also driving impact in the world. And there's one very visible pain point and challenge, which is where is the talent going to come from? Uh, so it's very topical for us at Hydric and Struggles. How much is it, though, picking up right now? Because we just were talking with uh, Wharton's Vid Hennish about, you know, what we're doing here at, at Wharton School. Um, but it feels like there is more of a movement, uh, whether it is individuals that are already in the workplace that may be going back for their MBA or undergrads as well, that this is an area that they want to pursue as a career, understanding how important it is for so many companies out there. Yeah. I mean, there there are so many opportunities within sustainability, both at the large corporate level in the Fortune 1000 uh, down to, you know, the next gen climate leading businesses. I think coming out of Climate Week, one of the things that I was really struck with was how different this moment is from the Clean Tech 1.0 days of old. And more specifically, the climate capital stack is very different, cutting across multiple asset classes, where on the venture side, you just saw Graycroft, a seed-to-growth venture capital firm, announce that they're going to be managing Graycroft Coca-Cola's sustainability fund. On growth uh, in June, just climate established by generation raised $1.5 billion. And then with the larger asset managers like Apollo, Tomasic, PPG, who've raised tens of billions to finance net zero transition, there's breadth uh, and there's depth of specialized climate tech capital support. And so, um, and there's also a really compelling pool of companies that are coming to age, right? They're no longer science ideas, but rather scalable solutions that have product market fit. And so, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> the, the, the question is, where is the talent going to come from? And there is a, you know, from our perspective, a, a talent opportunity or crisis, depending upon how you cut it. And namely, you know, climate tech portfolio companies need the recruitment and development of leaders who can envision, plan, and deliver. And, um, uh, and, and yeah, the, the question that most of our clients have is, uh, how do you scope those position descriptions? How do you think about uh, sourcing that talent? And then, by the way, once you get them in the seat, how do you retain that top talent due to continued recruitment from others that are trying to do the same thing? Um, yeah. So it's very, very interesting. Well, when you think about it from the from the C-suite level, uh, the recognition, and we've talked about it already in this hour, but in other shows, uh, is that there is a bottom line connection uh, to the initiatives around uh, climate change uh, and sustainability 
to the quarterly results that a lot of these publicly mm-hmm. traded companies uh, deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. And that understanding at the C-suite level and at the board level uh, really drives uh, probably a lot of this this mindset and, and this want to have people with this experience in their CV when they're coming to work for them. Mm. Yeah, I think, and it, what you're talking about, Dan, is the linkage, it feels like, to from sustainability to driving tangible value, right? I think there's yep. the best example I can think of of uncovering what that business value is and linking it to sustainability efforts uh, to fiscal results can be seen within the large companies and specifically with the evolving role of the, of the chief sustainability officer. In the last decade, we've seen the chief sustainability officer evolve from a specialty silo that really served as an extension of communications and brand and philanthropy uh, and even EHNS into um, a role that is a very important executive position in communicating risks and opportunities that are central to the company's underlining business model. And often, yes, this means that the CSO is overseeing ESG product, uh, processes and developing long-term sustainability strategies. But you know, more frequently, we're actually seeing that uh, sustainability officers are, are thinking about how do you, uh, how do you drive uh, actual revenue opportunities around sustainability as well. And so it's become much more of a critical position in terms of linking business value and sustainability. And we, we only see it increasingly uh, going to do so more. And a job that also uh, has a bigger voice at the boardroom table as well, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Our, you know, in, in, our global survey this year, we conduct and, and develop a survey in partnership with BCG and the NCAD uh, Corporate Governance Center that really focuses on board and C-suite considerations into how boards are adapting and making changes to how they approach their own composition, their governance and processes. Uh, and the, the findings were, were quite, uh, quite interesting. First, uh, you know, the, the takeaways for us was that, uh, you know, first boards can further sharpen governance by, for example, reevaluating the makeup of the board uh, and ensuring that deliberations take a long-term perspective and improve transparency on issues such as uh, director selection and evaluation. Uh, bo- second, uh, that boards can carve out time for deep examination of how sustainability will impact the business and dig into the issues such as the prospect of scarcity for some critical resources and the opportunity to build new ecosystems to create uh, um, progress. And third, you know, the other finding that we we found was directors can personally model strong leadership by making tough choices and consequential decisions and, and bridging the divide, so to speak, where uh, you know, where possible between various stakeholders on contentious issues that range from balancing climate risk and energy needs to the role of stakeholder capitalism to business rules in addressing societal issues. Um, so, so there is, what is there is def- yeah. No, go ahead. Finish up. No, I was going to say there's definitely a growing focus at the board level on sustainability um, uh, related to to uh, business decisions. So I wanted to finish up with, so what has this 
meant then for a company like yours uh, in terms of the thought process of executive search in general? You know, Dan, it's made our jobs much more consultative. Um, unlike going out and trying to find a, you know, a chief financial officer or working with a company to do something a little bit more traditional, what we're doing is being on the forefront, really advising our clients, I should say, informing our clients on the myths and realities of what talent ecosystems look like in, in, in these nascent pools, and then also helping them scope out and think through how do you solve for uh, talent needs where there might be a, you know, a limited group to pull from or a non-existing group to pull from. So it's, it's, it's made us really get creative and use our, uh, uh, our, our more consultative uh, skills as we, we help our clients advance uh, in and around sustainability. Scott, pleasure to have you with us today. All the best as you uh, continue on down the road. Thank you, sir. Dan, thank you. Scott Atkinson, co-head of the Global Sustainability Practice with executive search firm Hydric and Struggles. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.